0: I'm sitting in a hot tub at a public pool with Steve. It's his birthday. We've been dating about six months. All the fixings for hot fudge sundays await us at my apartment. The year? 1995. I turn to him and I say, I'm kind of nervous to know your opinion about same-sex marriage. He looks at me and says, I'm against it. I cringe inside. My heart sinks. I knew there was a reason I did not want to ask this question, which is exactly why I had to ask it. We drive to my place in silence. The car idling in the street, Steve turns to me and says, Look, I know you're really upset about what I just said. Why don't we skip the Sundays, and you can get back to me when or if you ever feel like it. Now it's my turn to idle. As an out-and-outspoken bisexual feminist, his view is antithetical to everything I believe. How could he say this to me? As we used to say in the 90s, love is love but I didn't want to skip the Sundays. I liked Steve. (laughs) I liked him a lot, and and it was his birthday, and there was all this ice cream in my freezer. So I turned to him and I said, look, you're right, I'm really upset about what you said, and I don't know what I'm going to do about it. But for tonight, it's your birthday. Let's celebrate. After he left and I was alone with my thoughts, I asked myself, how did I get here? I got here by way of the engineering building where I had gone nine months earlier to interview with two male senior faculty members for the position of graduate student representative on the presidential search committee. Convinced I was the token lesbian, I decided to dress the part. (laughs) From my $10 Goodwill baggy black dress to my long johns with holes in them, and of course, my hiking boots. (laughs) As I stood in the hallway waiting for these guys to show up, staring at some incomprehensible engineering poster, a voice from behind me says, Leah Haravan, it's nice to finally meet you. I turn around slowly, give him the once-over, and say, which one are you? I'm the good-looking one, (laughs) is Steve's response. (laughs) And he had me, not because he was, in fact, good-looking, He was tall, skinny, bald, and male. Not my type. (laughs) He had me because he was funny, clever, quick on his feet, not intimidated by me, and most importantly, could give it as good as I could. And thus began our friendship. We're all wrong for each other. He's 47. I'm 27. He's six feet tall. I'm five... Okay, four nine. (laughs) He's from Indiana. I'm from New York. He's Catholic. I'm Jewish. His people come from the hills of Tennessee. I'm a first-generation daughter of immigrants. He's a scientist. I'm a philosophy major. He does calculus problems for fun. I problematize the gender binary. He's to the right, I'm to the left, and worst of all, we only have one letter in common on the Myers-Briggs personality inventory. Oh, and, and he's a man. Now, as a bisexual, I was open to dating men, but I figured if I would date a man, it would be a (laughs) granola-eating, Birkenstock-wearing Not Steve. We agree on nothing. Well, we agree on one thing, which is how much we love talking to each other about all the things we disagree on. And talk, we did. We debated, challenged, argued, and learned. And Steve was hands down the best listener I had ever met. When we weren't talking about our political differences, we joked about our other ones. One time he said to me, well, of course you don't want to date me. I'm a dead white male. (laughs) Another time I said to him, I don't really think we should date because I have a height requirement for men and you are too tall. (laughs) Without missing a beat... Steve looked at me and said, you know, you might be right about that one. I also have a height requirement for women. I really like short women. And you're too tall. (laughs) We laughed a lot and felt very connected to each other. At the same time, I was kind of living a double life with one foot in the lesbian community and the other exploring this relationship with Steve. My friends and I agreed on everything, everything but this. Their reluctance to see me date a dead white male mirrored my own. I was, after all, sleeping with the enemy and it became harder and harder to talk to my friends about this relationship. But strangely, I felt more like I could be myself around Steve, who didn't share my views on anything, than I did with my friends who shared my views on everything. I agonized about this. I worried. I wondered if I was making a mistake, selling out, missing something. And meanwhile, Steve was coming to a realization of his own. He was in the process of deciding that he wanted to marry me. Something my friends would definitely be against. It seemed like everybody had a position on marriage, and none of them made sense to me. There were many breakups and many marriage proposals, including the one where he showed up on my parents' doorstep in New York in a full tux. We had broken up about three days before this, and I had just shaved off all my hair. (laughs) He got down on one knee, looked up into my bald face (laughs) and said, I know you're not ready to make this decision right now, but could you please just hang on to this ring while you're thinking about it? In between all these marriages and breakups, I visited the oracle of all things love and marriage, the Hallmark card store. I parked myself in the wedding and anniversary aisle and I read every inscription. And they said things like, with you it was love at first everything, and from the moment I saw you I knew, and if this is what marriage is, I should definitely not do it. (laughs) Steve and I didn't make sense, and these cards didn't make sense either. In between these various trips to Hallmark, I went home again to New York to talk to my parents. I was sitting with my dad in my childhood bedroom on my childhood bedspread. (laughs) Childhood bedspread? Still oddly brightly colored with those 1970s flowers, just as bright as 20 years ago. And I told my dad about all the problems I was having with Steve, all the disagreements, difficulties, debates. And he said to me, I know you, and I know that no matter who you were with, you would come to me with a list of problems. (laughs) Yeah, dad. When you see happiness, he said, grab it. And I heard the arthritic crack of his fingers. (laughs) And I saw his wedding ring in the light. I went down to the kitchen to talk to my mom. My mom is more the pragmatist to my dad's romantic. And she told me that the secret to a good marriage is twofold. Mary, late. (laughs) And chemistry, which is kind of a weird thing to hear your mom say. (laughs) Behind her in the kitchen, I noticed this old cork board they had. It was full of thumbtacks and little cards, you know, the kind that come with bouquets. They were from flowers my dad had given my mom over the years for wedding anniversaries, birthdays, and New Year's. And each card said on it, Unca Caramida, which in Romanian, their language, means another brick. It comes from a poem they both like, which says, happiness and love is built. Love is forged brick by brick and heart by heart. I thought about this idea of grabbing happiness and forging love. I thought about the idea that marriage is hard and there are gonna be problems, and maybe the best trick is to find someone with whom you can have those problems. I thought back to that horrible hot tub birthday. And I wondered if maybe just as those Hallmark cards didn't apply to me, maybe other ideas about relationships don't apply to me either. What if agreement is overrated and disagreement is underrated? What if difference can strengthen a relationship? What if people who are all wrong for each other aren't really? What if love is love? Well... I finally accepted marriage proposal number four. (laughs) He rented the tux again. (laughs) This time he proposed to me at a Romanian restaurant in Chicago. In Romanian, but that's another story. (laughs) 24 years, and four very independent-minded children later, the relationship still, in many ways, does not make sense. (laughs) But in many beautiful, difficult, growthful, and joyful ways, it does. Both of these are true. My choice is to hold these truths alongside each other as Steve and I build a life brick by brick and heart by heart. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan,